0: With a world war fresh in the memory, most social workers probably needed the delinquent behaviour of children to mimic the invasion of Poland, or at the very least, the worst excesses of a panzer division before alarm bells began to ring. Warsaw felt no threat from us, but Woodstock Grove probably did. And when I was five years old, we were offered the unimaginable luxury of a flat in Fulham Court. A flat, I should add that had an inside bathroom. We all decamped to our new duplex three-bedroom flat in June of 1970. Central heating wouldn't be installed for another 20 years, but there was always paraffin. Fulham Court was on the Fulham Road, closer to the fashionable enclave of Chelsea, and Matt no doubt had his own blitzkrieg in mind. Meanwhile, I was so unspeakably excited by the concept of a bath, that I insisted on sitting in it when we all went to view the flat before moving in. If this leap in social status was significant to us, it was like winning the pools for Mum. Two bedrooms to share between us children was officially palatial, but Mum had even seen Woodstock Grove as a vast improvement over what she had lived in before coming to England. Her hometown was the mountaintop village of Monte Covino Pugliano, in Campania, southern Italy. Poverty there in the thirties and forties, when she was growing up, had a smell and danger all its own, with malaria and cholera haunting the narrow, steep streets of her village. Her younger brother Mario contracted meningitis as a baby, and was essentially condemned to death by his doctor. But an old woman, having heard the wails and moans of the family, came to the door with a jar of leeches, offering the last and only hope to my mother's parents. Placing several of the creatures around his head, the old woman's intervention was absurd and illogical. But it was a hope of a cure, in a place without sophisticated antibiotics, and, miraculously, the child survived the illness. Mum's childhood home was a lethal environment that sent its inhabitants into the arms of such quackery, but if Il Dio ignored your prayers, he'd always send a surrogate with an old wife's tale instead. It wasn't just bacteria that threatened to wipe out the population. In mum's early teens, war and the presence of the Nazis became the biggest threat once Mussolini had been kicked out. The formerly chummy Germans were an instant occupier when Benito, hanging by his feet, met his gruesome end at an Esso station in Milan. By then, the Nazis were undoubtedly on their last legs in Italy, but the continuing resistance action provoked terrible reprisals. Eventually, liberation came, but even that almost cost Mum her life. She, my brothers and I, have cause to be thankful for the failures of British munitions workers as a stray Allied shell failed to explode after it crashed through the roof of the local bread shop Mum was in, "'killing the baker as he handed her a loaf. "'Actually, I don't know the nationality of the shell, "'but the British were engaged in all sorts of activity in the area "'as the Allies pushed northwards. "'The fighting in the region was substantial, "'and in Mum's municipality a legend was born "'when a small platoon of Germans held out for two weeks in a church, "'fighting the surrounding Allied forces to a standstill. "'Why they didn't just flatten the church, I don't know.' Perhaps even then there was a sensitivity towards religion. Or maybe they did try to flatten the church, but the shells kept failing to go off. That munitions factory probably became British Leyland. I once had cause to experience the indelible mark that the war had left on Mum myself when we were visiting.